proponents of the teaching that forgiveness of sins happen at the cross use verses about reconciliation and imputation as their proof verses. And only the verses that talk about the first half of those doctrines. Which leads us to the question, Reconciliation of the world to God, which is the first half, is that equal to imputation of the world's sins to Christ? And are they both equal to forgiveness of sins? Meaning, are they all one and the same? Hi everyone, my name is Francis Simeon, and you're listening to the Pauline Fellowship Bible Study. And just like what we said, this is what we're talking about today. A reconciliation of the world to God, which, by the way, that's true. That's a biblical doctrine. Reconciliation is a biblical doctrine uh, that pertains to salvation. Imputation, is that equal to reconciliation uh, of the world to God? Is imputation of the world's sins to Christ equal to that? And are they both equal to the forgiveness of sins? Because that's what the proof verse that they use, uh, the proof verses are that they use. Before we go forward, ladies and gentlemen, brethren, I'd like to invite you to make sure you're subscribed to the, to the Pauline Fellowship YouTube channel. And don't just uh, click on uh, that subscribe button, but also click on that bell. So whenever a new video just like this drops, uh, you're one of the first ones to know. So what are we talking about tonight, uh, this morning? It's actually this morning over here, and I'm at Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, in my home. Uh, Bergen's at school and Katie is at work so I'm here by myself but here's the outline of what we're talking about number one we're going to to discuss or we're going to show the verses that prove forgiveness of sins happen upon one salvation number two we're going to show the verses that they use to prove that forgiveness of sins happen at the cross and everyone, whether they're saved or unsaved, whether they've believed or not, whether they're in hell or not, are forgiven. Then we're going to talk about the two sides of reconciliation. And then finally, we're going to, to talk about the two parts of imputation. Now, I know there's three parts, and we'll talk about that later on, but we're just going to focus on the last two. I'll still mention what the, the first part is uh, later on. All right, let's jump into it, shall we? Number one, the verses that prove that forgiveness of sins happen upon, upon one's salvation, meaning as soon as somebody believes. Okay, uh, These are our verses that we use. And by the way, these are all Pauline verses. The Apostle Paul, whether he's the one in this instance, in Acts chapter 13, he's the one speaking. Um, and then the, the next one as well. Or he was the one who wrote it uh, in the book of uh, Ephesians and Colossians. All these verses that we use are Pauline verses where he expressly uses the term either forgiveness or forgiven. Okay? So there is definitely no guesswork over here. Our apostle, the Apostle Paul, which, by the way, should not come as a surprise to anyone because the name of our Bible study or the name of our group is the Pauline Fellowship. Our apostle is the Apostle Paul. Okay, So, uh, so it should not come as a surprise to anyone that we believe this because he expressly used the terms. 
we don't have to uh, use any um, any guesswork or or uh, uh, um, mental uh, gymnastics to try to prove what we're talking about. While the while the others, while the other the proponent of of the teaching that says forgiveness happened at the cross, actually the, do the thing that they uh, that they uh accuse us of doing which is mental gymnastics okay so the apostle paul expressly used the term here it is acts 13 38 to 39 be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins what are we talking about the forgiveness of sins could it be any clearer sure well it's the apostle paul used the term himself and by him, all that what believe are justified. We talked about that last uh, last week, and we got uh, some pushback from some brethren who say that uh, uh, justification and salvation and forgiveness are not one and the same. Which I believe, and and to, to a point, you know, forgiveness is talking about something else, while the justification is talking about. Uh, the components of justification is, uh, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, paying for our sins in one side, and the other side is uh, our the righteousness of Christ being, uh, or sorry, us being declared righteous. Okay, and then salvation comprises all of these things, all of these doctrines that we're talking about right now, and it happens right there and then. Aora mismo was our term, instantly. Whenever somebody believes, okay. Um, so anyway, they accused us, and and we got some pushback that says, "Well, it's not one and the same." That's true. However, I'm going to show, or the verses, not I, the the verses that we're going to use today, will will show that forgiveness happens whenever all the components of these doctrines are met, or are satisfied, or are completed. Okay. Uh, it happens whenever um, um, imputation is completed. Both components, all the components are, com are completed. It happens whenever reconciliation is completed. Okay, both components. Um, but needless to say, it's, this shows that whenever somebody believes, you get forgiveness. Okay, next verse says... Uh, Acts 26 verse 17 to 18 and this actually some people say this is the, this is their gotcha verse and and uh, they call us people that believe in um, limited forgiveness limited forgiveness or limited atonement that's actually not true because that's a that's a Calvinist doctrine but this is what they're saying um this is our gotcha verse, and all kinds. I've uh, I, I listened to a podcast and read some some uh, some of their their blogs uh, articles in their blogs that says, "See, does the light have to believe in darkness to be, for for it to be light? Does Satan have to believe in God to turn? That's not even that's 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 just total faulty logic." Um. Uh, brought about by, I would say, maybe just emotions. 
That's not even what we're talking. We're talking about people. People have to believe to receive forgiveness of sins. People have to be saved. People have to be saved to turn from darkness to light. People have to be saved to turn from the power of Satan unto God. Okay? And when, pray tell, does that happen? That happens when they believe. And so they attack this verse and say this is the our this is our gotcha verse when not one, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, because I read and listened and it was quite lengthy, and you know that I'm busy when I'm especially that I have a full time job, but not one addressed the fact that these are guys after the cross who still have yet to receive forgiveness of sin. Meaning, however much you want to attack this verse, it does not take away the fact that these guys are after the cross, existing after the cross, that, are, that have yet to receive forgiveness of sins. So while people think that this is our gotcha verse, when, I, when it's pretty self-explanatory, our apostle himself mentions this. Uh, let's go to the next verse. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 6 to 7. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Again, the term is expressly used. Okay? Uh, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Who In whom? Where? In whom do we have this? Right, it says, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. That's the that's the Lord Jesus Christ. In whom? In the Lord Jesus Christ we have redemption through his blood. In whom? In the Lord Jesus Christ we have the forgiveness of sins. Do you mean to tell me if everyone was forgiven at the cross, whether right now, if whether they're saved right now or not, do you mean to tell me that they are in Christ? Next verse, Colossians chapter number 1, verse 13 to 14. If you were not sure who that was, who's that in whom, uh, then Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, also written by the Apostle Paul, also using expressly the term forgiveness of sins, describes or defines who that, who that in whom is. Okay, Verse 13, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his Dear Son, capital S, S-O-N, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. In whom? In the Lord Jesus Christ. Once you are saved, once I was saved, we are put in Christ. Okay, We are baptized into Christ. We are put in His body. In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Do you mean to tell me, again, going back to the question earlier, that if everyone's sins were forgiven past, present, and future at the cross, whether they're saved right now or not, do you mean to tell me that they are in Christ? Of course not. Okay. Now, earlier I said that this was, uh, people say that Acts 26, verses 17 to 18 is our gotcha verse. Uh, I actually believe that the gotcha verse that they should hold on to or that everyone should hold on to is Colossians chapter number 2, verse 13, which expressly tells you, again, even if 
the Apostle Paul does not use the term forgiveness or, or uh, forgiveness of sins. He does use the term forgiven you all trespasses. Okay, So let's read that. Colossians chapter number 2, verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, that's everyone who have who has not uh that's who has not been saved okay you are dead you are dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him meaning quickened made alive hath he quickened together with him praise god how 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 did why why or how were you quickened having forgiven you all trespasses. Meaning, the act of forgiving you all your trespasses is the thing that made you quickened together with Him. See? So although forgiveness of sins does not is not equal to the entirety of what salvation composes or comprises of, it does show when it happens. Forgiveness of sins, once you believe, once you get saved, happens right away in so much, so much so that you are quickened together with Him. I don't know how you can, how can you can, or how you can make uh, any mental or uh, gymnastics out of that. It's pretty clear. All right, so those are the verses that we use. Notice, again, I would like you to take note, all of those uh, verses mentions the term either forgiveness or forgiven, and that's all written or mentioned by the Apostle Paul. Now let's go to the next point, which are the verses that they prove. They use, sorry, the proposed, who's they? The proponents of the teaching that salvation or sorry that forgiveness of sins happen at the cross and whether you are saved or unsaved you are forgiven these are the verses that they use to prove that teaching okay number one and i'm telling you this these two verses are the verses that every one of them uh every one of those that push back pushed back sent to me whether through online or or direct message or something like that, okay? And I, it's pretty. I'll show you why. It's just verse. It's just verses eighteen and nineteen, and they don't go into verses twenty and twenty-one. We'll 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 talk about that later on. All right, but let's go down into this verse and see why uh, they talk about this. Uh, verse eighteen: And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, notice, reconciling the world unto himself, and not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So, what, uh, what we're trying to say is that, or what they're trying to say is that, see, which I don't believe this, I'm just saying this is what they're trying to say, in other words, if you will. See, God reconciled everyone to Christ already, and since that happened in the cross, therefore forgiveness happened at the cross. 
right? And since God says it's He reconciled the world unto Himself, that means whether whether you are saved or unsaved right now, you are reconciled to God already. Okay, and then the second part is that see, you see that God did not impute their trespasses unto them. That means, uh, that means God imputed their sins, the world's sins, to Christ. So they're already forgiven because that happened in the cross, whether they're saved or not. Well, notice a few things. Okay, number one, <laughs> number one. It says, not imputing their trespasses unto them. It did not say imputing their sins into Christ. Okay? It's a negative non-imputation of sins or trespasses unto them. Okay? And then also, if, if you can see reconciling the world unto himself, I'd like you to notice a few things. Uh, let me see if I have my notes over here. Um, as you can see, that um, the tenses suggest reconciling, not imputing, suggests that these are still happening right now. Okay? And so... We're going to examine these things over here. Let's go to the next verse over here. Uh, Romans 4, verses 6 to 8. See, they say, see, imputation equals salvation. Or, sorry, imputation equals uh, imputation of the, of the sins of the world to Christ equals uh, forgiveness of sins. And that happened in the cross. And their proof verse is Romans chapter number 4, verse 6 to 8. The Bible says, even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now, what does that mean according to them? According to them, I'm not saying this, I believe this. What does that mean? See, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Then they go into, uh, 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 and I'm kind of glad that they do this. That they're, they're trying to, to use the Bible to define the words. Awesome. And it's, they say, they continue to say, the King James Bible defines what it is. It says, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Ah, wonderful. Francis Simeon is trapped. Nowhere for him to go. The Bible itself defined that forgiveness is the imputation of the sins of the world to God, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. Eh, eh, eh. Time out. Is that what it says? No, forgiveness of sin is, the, is not, excuse me, forgiveness of sin is not the imputation of the sins of the world to Christ at the cross. Forgiveness of sin is the non-imputation of the sins of man to him by the Lord. Okay? As you can see, that this is a quotation from David. Okay? By the way, there's a huge clue over here. It says, unto whom God imputed righteousness. That's the Apostle Paul saying that. Okay? 
although he's quoting David, well, let's go to what David says. Psalm chapter 32, verses 1 to 2. Watch what David says. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom his sins are imputed on the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. Is that what it says? No, it's not a positive. It's a negative. Whom the Lord imputed not iniquity. See? It's not it's not the same. Right? And I'll, I'll we'll, we'll we'll talk talk to you here about this in in a bit. I just want to show you the next statement that although the next statement is sort of like a it is it is a mystery to David because he did not know what's going on. It says and in whose spirit there is no guile. See, there's an addition. I mean, there's a there's a there's a there's a sorry a a a dis, uh, a quant qualifier or a quantifier or something like that if if you will what does that what does that mean what does that mean when somebody has uh ha when the lord does not impute iniquity unto you well that means your spirit has no guile and even though it was a mystery to the apostle or to the king to king david back then the apostle paul explains what it is to us if you go into the context of romans chapter number four verses uh five and or sorry verses seven eight nine it takes you back up just go back up rewind a little bit to verses five and six now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of death but to him that worketh not but what believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly his faith is counted for right righteousness okay meaning forgiveness of sin forgiveness of sins as explained by the apostle paul is not when the Lord Jesus Christ, or when the sins of the world is imputed unto the Lord Jesus Christ and unto the cross, but forgiveness of sins is when your sins are not imputed unto you anymore. And when is that? When does that happen? When the righteousness of God, when the righteousness of Christ is imputed unto you. So, see? Well, as, as, as science says, nature abhors a vacuum. It still, cannot, it still cannot stand when you're just talking about one part of imputation, meaning the imputation of your sins to Christ. All right? You know when it stands? You know when all the components are completed? When the righteousness of God, righteousness of Christ is imputed, imputed in you. Okay. So we'll talk about that some more later on. Let's talk about the two sides of reconciliation. The two sides of reconciliation. Number one, reconciliation has two parts or two sides. Number one, God reconciled us to himself. Okay. By the way, notice in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verses 18 to 19, 19 which, uh, matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 as a whole does not have the term forgiveness at all 
on here. So who's doing mental who's doing mental acrobatics now? Not us. We just let the apostles Paul say what he says, or we'll let the Bible say say what it says. But the, so but but let's look at the doctrine of reconciliation here. Number one, God reconciled us to Himself. Right, so let's look at the verse. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse eighteen to nineteen. We read this earlier. And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to Himself at the cross, at Jesus Christ's death. No, by Jesus Christ. Okay, so who's reconciled or who's doing the reconciliation or the reconciling? It's God. Who's He reconciling? Uh, us. Who's he reconciling us to? To himself. Okay? By what? By who? By the Lord Jesus Christ. And had given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ. Again, it just shows you that God uh, reconciled the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses. So as, as you can see, uh, God had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. To it that God was in Christ, in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. So notice the tenses, because we're we're going to talk about this later on. Okay, so the first side of reconciliation is God reconcile that God reconciled us to Himself. But notice verse number twenty, and this is why a lot of people or a lot of them do not they their proof verse for 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 uh, um, forgiveness of sins happening at the cross does not include verse number 20. They won't go as far as this. Okay? It's just the next verse over. Come on. What are you afraid of? Side two, the second side of reconciliation, is reconciling ourselves to God. Right? Verse number 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ's. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. When, pray tell, does that happen? At the cross? When, pray tell, does that happen? When the Lord Jesus Christ died at the cross? Why does the Apostle Paul still need to beseech people? Or why do we need to... to to tell people as ambassadors for Christ, to, to pray them in Christ's dead. Why do we need to, to tell them, hey, be reconciled to God if they already are reconciled to God? Why pray tell do they do that? And and, and I know that the I know where the next verse that they would go to would be in well before that. Reconciliation equals God reconciled us to himself at the cross plus the reconcil reconciling of ourselves to God upon salvation. Okay, The proof verse that they use only, only shows that God reconciled us to himself. Or they at least make it say that even if the tenses suggest that it's still, you know, the, the summation of it or the whole doctrine of it, if you will, is still happening. Okay? Meaning it's an open-ended uh, uh, action. Meaning something 
in the part of the sinners has to be done for that completion to take place. And what is that? What is that that needs to be done in the part of the the unsaved? That one, reconciling ourselves to God. Okay, so. The whole doctrine of reconciliation, the whole teaching of reconciliation cannot just be one part, one-sided. It has to be two of them that's met. Or else it means nothing to anyone. It means nothing. It means squat to me. Even if I know even if, like I showed in, in in Instagram, I showed a picture of uh, of of what's his name of um, Joel Osteen and Pope Francis talking about the the Lord Jesus Christ's crucifixion and how uh, and how essentially what they're trying to say is that you know look, forgiveness happened in the cross. Christ died to to forgive sinners. Even if they know that, even if you know all of that, that does not mean squat to you. Sorry, that's bad English. That does not mean anything to you if you do not reconcile yourself to God, if you do not believe on his death, burial, and resurrection, if you do not have faith in his blood. Okay. Well, this is what I was talking about earlier. I know when where the next verses they're going to go to is Romans chapter number 5 verse 10. Are you telling me that they would say, are you telling me that reconciliation of ourselves to God happens at uh while when we believe? What about Romans 5 verse 10? Let's read it. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God at the death of at the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Romans 5.10. What happened there? Did you notice anything? I, I read that wrong, didn't I? We were reconciled to God not at the death of his son, but by the death of his son. By the death of his son. Okay? So... The Bible has a mistake, and the Apostle Paul, our Apostle, is wrong if this is true, and if 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, verse 20 is also, sorry, if, sorry, let me say that again. There is a mistake in the Bible, and the Apostle Paul, our Apostle, is wrong if this says at the death of his son and if this said this says that people can still still need to be reconciled to god obviously there's no mistake in the bible i hope i did not confuse you there obviously our apostle who, who under the inspiration of the holy spirit just did not make a mistake upon writing that because it did not say at every word is important remember in your king james bible it says, by the death of his son. We'll talk about that some more later on. Okay? What about the two parts of imputation? Let's talk about the two parts of imputation. Right? There are actually three parts, like I said earlier, but we will focus only on the last two. The three parts are that, number one, imputation of, 
uh, the imputation of Adam's sin to us. Okay? Number two, the imputation of our sins to Christ. Sin to Christ. We'll focus on that. And number three, the imputation of Christ's righteousness to us who believe. So we'll focus on that as well. Number one, going back to that verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 19. And then I'm going to add verse number 21, which the, the proponents of that teaching where that, that says uh, forgiveness of sins happen at the cross do not even go as far as verse number 20 and 21. I'll include that on here. Let's read that again. And all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself by, again, there's that by, Jesus Christ and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Watch it. By imputing their sins to Christ at the cross. Is that what it says? No, it's a negative. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. For he hath made him to be sin for us, that's verse 21, who knew no sin. That's the, that's the first part, the imputation of our sins to Christ. You know why they won't go to 21? Because 21 also shows the second part, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him okay so the second part of uh well first the, still looking at another verse that says uh that shows part one the imputation of our sins to christ galatians three thirteen, christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree for those of you who may be listening that are not saved Nothing that you can do can save you. Jesus Christ already paid. Jesus Christ paid for that sins. You know what you know why? So your his righteousness can be imputed to you, which is the second part of imputation or third part, if you will. Nothing, your own righteousness cannot save you. It's only the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. leads us to number two, the imputation of Christ's righteousness to us. And that's the second part of 2 Corinthians 5.21, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Okay. The choice is still given to anyone, to us, might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Okay, Look at uh, Romans 5, verses 17 to 20. 21 something like that for if by one man's offense death reigned by one this is actually the imputation the first part remember i told you there's three parts this is the imputation of adam's sin to us one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive abundance of grace of the gift of righteousness that's the third part shall reign in life by one jesus christ Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to con condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. It's not just any, any righteousness. It's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ himself that is imputed unto us. Okay? 
Continuing verse number 19, For as by one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one, Jesus Christ, shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. When, pray tell, is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ applied to any one of us? Upon our salvation, upon our belief. So if you're listening and you're not saved, nothing that you can do, nothing that you do will be able to give, will, will be able to save you because it, the requirement is the righteousness of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Okay. So if we, I were to put that into a mathematical expression here, or equation, the imputation of Adam's sin to us, so that's three parts again, that's the first, plus the imputation of our sin to Christ, okay. plus the imputation of Christ's righteousness to us. If one is not is non-existent, the whole equation does not prove correct. Okay? Equals the non-imputation of our sins to ourselves. Equals the full completion of the, I know that's redundant, but the completion of the doctrine of imputation. Okay? If one is not satisfied, everything else does not hold true. Okay? Again, to you, Mr. Scholar, even if you know the doctrine of in imputation, if you're well-versed, you can recite it in your sleep. But the Christ's righteousness is not imputed to you. That does not mean a single thing you are still unsaved okay well our friends the people who teach that forgiveness happened in the cross just say that this forgiveness happened here and right now whether you're saved or not your sins are forgiven nope the verses show that forgiveness equals the non-imputation of our sins to Christ, meaning all of these have to be satisfied, have to be completed. Okay? So, in summary, and then we'll go to the conclusion, number one, all the Pauline verses about forgiveness state that forgiveness of sins is received and possessed only by the saved, those that are in Christ. Okay? You will not find a verse that will say that expressly uses the term forgiveness of sin. You will not find a verse that says that the people who are unsaved, especially in our time, in our dispensation, have forgiveness of sins. You will not find a verse that will say people that are in hell have forgiveness of sins. 
Okay? Which leads us to number two. Paul, the Apostle Paul, even says that we are quickened because our sins are forgiven. Colossians 2.13. Okay? So, if you're saying that people's sins, whether they're saved or not, are forgiven at the cross and they have it right now even if they're saved, do you mean to tell me that they are also quickened spiritually? No. Number three, the proponents of forgiveness of sins happening in the cross use verses for reconciliation and imputation as their proof verse. But reconciliation, number four, has two parts, and one means nothing without the other. You have to believe to reconcile yourself to God. And number five, imputation has two current parts. Well, there's three, and that's why I say current, because currently we just discussed the, the last two. And one means nothing without the other. Okay? You have to believe for Christ's righteousness to be imputed to you. Our conclusion. The verses show that forgiveness of sins happen at the completion of all the necessary components of reconciliation, all the components of imputation, and as we discussed last week, all the components of justification. Both sides have to be uh, satisfied. And if you remember, last week we, we uh, gave the, the illustration of my favorite hymn, Rock of Ages Cleft for Me. Hey, and the last uh, last line or last two lines of the first verse, uh, B for sin, the double cure. Because if it's just one, it means nothing. Okay? Save from wrath and make me pure. Reconciliation of God, uh, God's, uh, of the world to God himself. And you reconciling yourself to God. Imputation of your sins to Christ. And imputation of Christ's righteousness to you. Payment of sins by Christ. And you being declared righteous. If one is not satisfied, the other one does not mean anything to you. Okay? So the verses show that forgiveness of sins happen at the completion of all the necessary components of these doctrines. Now, let's go to why this is important. Why is this important? Why, why would you go the lengths or such lengths of discussing this, Brother Francis? Well, here is why this is important. And we've been mentioning this earlier. Even if you know all the doctrine, even if you can tell, if, even if you can recite it in your sleep, it means nothing to you if you do not believe in the gospel. It means nothing to you if you are not saved. It means nothing. It does you no good okay? if you are not saved. You might be able to understand. You might not understand. You might be able to, to recite all 
uh, word verbatim all these doctrines, but if you do not believe the gospel, if you're not saved, it means nothing to you. Number two, you too can be forgiven if you aren't saved. Listen, okay? And like we talked about last week in last week's Bible study, there is a very real danger with the teaching that the forgiveness of sins happen in the cross. And whether you're saved or not, your sins are forgiven already. You know why? What's that? What's, what's the, uh, what are the people who are unsaved going to think? Oh, awesome. My sins are forgiven already. Well, then let me believe the gospel. No. They're just going to be, they're, the more they're just going to, to, you know, disregard their fear or disregard their guilt. You know what? Forgiveness is only a possession. Is only is a possession of only those that are in Christ. You are made alive or quickened because your sins are forgiven. So that means forgiven happens upon your salvation. Oh, guess what? Number three, you too can be reconciled to God if you're not saved. That can happen today. I hope that happens today if you're not saved. I hope that happens right now. Trust in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. That that alone is, uh, is you don't have to do anything. Jesus Christ did the work that needs to be done so you can be saved, so you can be forgiven. And last but not the least, the righteousness of Christ can be imputed to you. You may feel inadequate you may feel like no matter how good you try to be, you're still as evil and wicked as you are. I've felt that before. Oh, by the way, going back to what we talked about last week, I even, even myself, I believe. I believe the teaching that forgiveness of sins happened at the cross. I believe that. And then I wasn't saved. You know my, my, my personal testimony I showed you in my in my first uh, first video or second video who we are. You know what? The righteousness of Christ can be imputed to you as well. And what you need to do is believe. You don't have to do good works. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to be anointed. You don't have to heal. You don't have to, to do any of these things that other denominations are talking about. You have to believe that the Lord Jesus Christ died for you, for your sin, was buried, and the third day rose again. You, must, you have you have to have faith in his blood that that alone is the propitiation for your sins and nothing else can save you. So I hope that answered the question. Is reconciliation of the word of God equal to the imputation of the world's sins to Christ? That may be the case, but both of them are not equal to forgiveness of sins. A forgiveness of sins 
happens when both sides of reconciliation is met, when they are both completed. Forgiveness of sins happens when all parts of imputation is met, is satisfied. When both sides of justification is satisfied. For In short, forgiveness of sins happens when you get saved, when you believe. How about it, friend? Will you believe? Will you get saved? Now is the day, and I hope that you do. Thank you very much for listening to the Pauline Fellowship. Uh, you can uh, you can find us at Facebook. Our Facebook group is the Pauline Fellowship, or you can just uh, search for TPF one six one one. We're also on Instagram. You can follow us. Um, you can definitely you can just type in the Pauline Fellowship or, again, TPF 1611. And like we said earlier, we're also on YouTube. Please make sure that you um, that you uh, follow and hit, uh, hit that bell. Um, man, I, got, I got a phone call here, and that's why I kind of paused. And it kind of messed up with, with the computer here. <laughs> Again, we're still trying to determine what's a good time to be on Zoom so we can have live Bible studies with all our listeners. And I'd like to say hello to everyone that's in, that's listening. We have uh, people from Switzerland, and we have uh, we have friends and family and brethren from uh, the the Middle East. And we have friends and family in the Philippines and, of course, the uh, the United States, the country. Okay, uh, and if you don't have time to to watch the mo or the video over at YouTube, all of this is being um, recorded as well as just the audio part and uploaded into our uh, podcast called the Workman Unashamed Podcast. So if you don't have time to watch the video you can definitely download or follow and download the the podcast uh, anywhere where you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, or uh, Amazon. And then if you have any, if, if you have any uh, complaints, comments, prayer requests, or questions, or just want to talk, please send us, feel free to send us an email at thepaulinefellowship at gmail.com. Or you can send us direct messages or comments over at Facebook, uh, Instagram, or YouTube. Again, my name is Brother Francis. I hope every one of you uh, will, will have a wonderful weekend. And uh, God bless you.